ago on the character of the church. The character of the church. And in, in, in the message that uh, the Lord laid on Brother Johnson's heart was just perfect to help you understand that even in your purpose, there's going to be some pain. But here's the key. You got to remember you still got a purpose. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be some pitiful days. There's going to be some pitfalls. There's going to be some problems. There's going to be some problematic people. Uh, but you need to understand that you got a purpose. And that in that purpose, they're going to have some trials. But you cannot take your eyes off the purpose in which God has called you. Uh, two weeks ago, we met you at Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm not going to read the text again uh, for sake of time. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 uh, through 6, and we introduced the thought, the character of the church. And we talked about, number one, started out uh, talking about uh, the fact that uh, Paul's life was an example to us. Uh, Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who were at Ephesus, and, and he was a faithful apostle. We talk about the fact that Paul knew of Christ's riches, and his life was the ultimate example of there being uh, uh, the Spirit of God upon him. In other words, Paul understood that his life had to be used for God's purpose. I hope you're listening, CP. This is not just something to make you feel good this morning. I want to minister to your soul. We need to understand that many of us are not excited about church because we're not excited about ministry. And, we, and it's problematic for us because we don't understand really that we have been called to be a part of God's purpose, not just part of his church. We understood more so that Paul knew who he was in God's plan. I, told, I challenged you two weeks ago uh, to really uh, search yourself and to really search God's plan and measure your life up to God's plan and reevaluate yourself and uh, try to understand what your, your goals are uh, as a child of God. Try to understand uh, what blessings God have blessed you with and uh, your, your, your spiritual tools and your talent and your skills. You need to understand where you fit in God's plan. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said you need to understand where you fit in God's plan. And then I also talked about or asked the question, uh, 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 who are you by the will of God? Do you understand really what God has called you to be? And here's where I want to start today. I want to suggest to us going forward that Paul knew who he was called to minister to. Let me say that again. If you read the book of Ephesians, you'll understand that Paul knew. He had a clear, precise understanding of who God called him to minister to. And let me say this again. Many of us think we are called to simply worship God. You know how I know that? Because you only show up on Sundays. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me say that again. Many of us think we are only called to worship God. And it's proven... Didn't I tell you earlier, just a minute ago, actions speak louder than words? We only show up at worship, corporate worship time. But Paul was called to minister, watch this, watch this, to the saints who were at Ephesus. Watch this. 
You cannot be selfish with your salvation. Preach, Miles. I think I will. I said you cannot be selfish with your salvation. Part of every Christian's life, Sierra, is the element of reaching out for the gospel's sake into the life of somebody else. The very reason we are called to be servants is so that we can serve those who need to be saved. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but I'm going to preach anyhow. Paul knew he was called to build churches. Paul knew that he was called to encourage believers. Paul understood that he was not just to gather at the hour of worship on Sunday, but he understood that worship was to live in him Monday through Sunday. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Question this morning is, who are you called to reach? You need to ask yourself that question. Who am I called today? Right now, 2019, who am I called to reach for the Lord? Is it the children's ministry? Is it the women's ministry? Is it the men's ministry? Is it witnessing to the lost people on the street? Is it witnessing to teenagers? Is it encouraging believers through my musical talents and ability? Is it, am I called to minister to a drama ministry? Paul's life was an example in that he knew who he was called to reach. You got to know your place and you got to stay in your lane I said you gotta know your place and you gotta stay in your lane everybody can't be the preacher everybody can't be the pastor everybody can't be the song leader everybody can't be the usher everybody can't work on AT everybody can't teach a bible class everybody can't cook no greens Listen, you got to know your calling and stay in your lane. You do know that every time a car switches lane and get in the wrong lane, accidents come. And if it's a big accident, it's going to be ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Turn to somebody and tell them you got to know your place. Now look at somebody and tell them and stay in your lane. Praise almighty God. I'm going to preach it whether y'all like it or not. Paul knew what to look for. I said he knew what to look for in the lives of those he ministered to who are faithful in Christ Jesus. He knew how his ministry was having an impact. Didn't say anything about numbers. Paul didn't say anything about the amount of money that it was raised. Paul didn't say anything about building programs, but simply faithfulness to Jesus Christ. See, some of you at the CP are not moved because we don't have enough ministries. Some of us don't think we're doing what we ought to do because we don't have a long list on the margin of our letterhead talking about 25 ministries. What are you going to have 25 for when you ain't participating in two? We need to understand that the purpose that we have been called is not to feed the hungry. That's a good work, but that's not the call of the church. Yes, we can give clothes away, but that's not the call of the church. We can give away backpacks and school supplies, but that's not the call of the church. We have been called to minister to the soul of man. All right, all right. 
when this world is burning on fire like i need to tell you we ain't gonna worry about no backpacks when this world is burning on fire we're not gonna worry about no clothes because the bible says everything will be consumed but jesus said my word shall live forever where is he gonna live jesus in the heart of man and every believer that named the name of jesus christ i can stand here today and brag about ministries if I wanted to. I can talk about how I took a 97 membership church and in one season ministered to over 30 families and over 300 kids with a small little church. I could sit here if I wanted to and talk about our many food giveaways. How we gave away thousands of pounds of food as a small little church. I can talk about how we in one year in one season, spent twenty thousand dollars. I'm talking about a little church. Spent twenty thousand dollars in benevolence, but yet had over thirty thousand left in the bank and paid me almost sixty thousand. That's the power of God. I understand that, but the more we need to understand is that it's not about ministries. It's about the ministry, and the ministry is about saving souls. Stop walking around here talking about ministry. Man, man, you can't, you ain't even a part of one. And many of them, the one you're in, you ain't doing nothing. Various scriptures you see Paul use. He shows his heart desire that believers become more like Christ. That's who we have to get back to, CP. That's the vision that drove Larry Johnson 16 years ago to plant this work. It's the heart of believers. We got to get back to being concerned about the salvation of the soul of man. Right here in Bloomington Normal. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Listen to the apostle Paul. And whom he called, he also predestined. To be, watch this word, watch this, watch this. It's not magical, but it's powerful. To be conformed, come together, form made to the image of Christ. Watch this. The reason why God, watch this now, don't miss it. The reason why God calls us into the body of Christ, the reason why we become believers is so that through the working of the word and the power of his might, we become more, we are formed more like Christ. Where does that take place? In Christ. You can't be out of Christ and become like Christ. You are made together with Christ. Now watch this, watch this. Did Christ feed the sick? Yes, he did. Christ healed the brokenhearted? Yes, he did. But what did Christ say he came to do? John saw him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who cometh to save the world. Jesus said, I come that men might have a life. St. John 10 10. And life more abundantly. We need to understand that we have been called into the body of Christ to be more like Christ, and that is to save souls. To save souls. Listen to Paul again in Galatians 4:19. Paul says, and I am again, watch this, again, in labor. 
unto Christ. Watch this. How long, Paul? Unto Christ be formed in you. He didn't say until we feed the sick well, or feed the hungry. Well, he, didn't, he didn't say until we clothe the naked. Paul said, I'm going to labor in my ministry. I'm going to labor in my work. I'm going to labor in this call until Christ be formed in you. Listen, that this is why preachers can't stop preaching. We must preach because folk are still coming. We must preach. Uh, uh, even though food run out, we got to still preach the gospel. We must preach even when we don't have gift cards to give. Uh, we still got to preach. Uh, we got to preach even when we don't feel like smiling. And it ain't nothing to smile about. Uh, we still got to preach. Uh, we got to preach whether we get compliments or whether we get critics. Uh, we still got to preach. Uh, if we don't have any chicken to give nobody, we still got to preach. If we don't have no coats to give nobody, we still got to preach. Even if we don't have any gift, we got, listen, we are called to preach the gospel to save lost souls. That's why we cannot stop. I think it is interesting that Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus. Watch this. About what real riches are all about. Listen now, he is writing from a prison cell. Can I give you the backdrop before I go to my seat? He's writing from the prison cell and has no financial portfolio to brag about. Turn to your neighbor and say he was broke. Come on, look at somebody else and tell him he was broke. But yet he found himself writing about a real spiritual financial portfolio. He is writing to a city, Sister Clara, that had one of the largest pagan buildings of worship, the Temple of Diana, which was also a wealthy banking center. And here Paul is telling this band of persecuted believers uh, without a building and without a bank account uh, how rich they were in Christ Jesus. Paul knew as I go to my seat, uh, uh, what was real uh, and what wasn't real. Uh, he knew that counted, uh, that he, what counted for eternity and what would rot in earth. Uh, am I right about it? Let me say that again. He knew what counted for eternity and what would rot in hell. Uh, you need to understand, uh, if you don't know, uh, you better ask somebody that Paul knew and understood what his call was. And as I get ready to close, I need to tell you, uh, my last point uh, is that uh, we have to understand uh, that we are called uh, to encourage other people's lives. Am I right about it? Uh, there is the encouragement for our lives as well. Uh, you can't be an encouragement until you've first been encouraged. Uh, you can't save uh, until you've first been saved. Uh, you can't talk about hope uh, until you have received, I wish I had some help, have received hope. Uh, you don't know what grace is uh, until you have received grace. Uh, listen to Paul in verse 2. Uh, to the saints, uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. I feel some preaching coming. Uh, blessed be the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, who uh, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Uh, Paul declared that he's blessed us uh, with every spiritual blessing. Some of y'all missed it. I said Paul declared that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. But Paul, you've been beat, uh, but we have blessed us uh, with every spiritual blessing. Paul, you've been in a shipwreck, uh, but he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Paul, you are in a dirty, damp, musty prison, uh, but he says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You gotta get to a point in your life that no matter how dim it seems around you, no matter how dark the night may seem, doesn't matter how long the river may seem, you gotta get to a point in your life where although it's dark around you, there is a light that shines from heaven down in your soul. Lights up your way that you might see through the darkness of this dreary dim well. Paul says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The only way you get spiritual blessings if you gotta be in Christ. Aren't you tired of your family being lost? Aren't you tired of your friends dying on their way to hell? Aren't you tired of your loved ones not knowing of the gifts and the blessings of Jesus Christ? There was a pastor by the name of Chuck Smith. He was a pastor and he he described growing up, Sister Clara, in churches where all they did was to tell you what you were supposed to do for God and never took time to tell you what God has done for you. You know there is a difference in what you've done for God and what God does for you because nothing you do for God can stand eternal. Am I right about it? But God in heaven who sits high and looks lower is able to change our lives. Not just in the here and now but he's able to give us eternal life up in glory. Am I right about it? He said this church always talked about what we did for God but never what God has done for us. He said that the results was that his focus was always on what he wasn't doing. Not praying enough. Not reading enough. This is what they taught him as a child, a boy child. He said they taught him all about not giving enough. He went into the ministry and, and the number of people weren't enough. The people saved weren't enough. The budget was too small. It wasn't enough. Then one day, Brother Johnson, he says that God made a change in his life. He changed his outlook. He changed his ministry. He said he became a pastor and a teacher. And the story says he started to feed the sheep of God. And when he started feeding, he looked around and discovered that that's when they became stronger. When he was feeding them instead of telling them what they weren't doing. And there was a dramatic change in his personal ministry. He said, I quit feeding the sheep and I started feeding the sheep. I stopped by to tell some of y'all self-righteous Christians, stop beating up on people out in the world if they don't know the right thing, if they don't say the right thing, if they don't work the right way, if they don't walk the right way, if they don't talk the right way, if they don't dress the right way, you will never gain them by beating them. Tell somebody stop beating the sheep and feed the sheep. They started getting healthier. Marcus and his story says, 
as they got stronger and as they got healthy, watch this, as they got strong, I'm almost done, as they got stronger and as the sheep got healthier, he said he noticed that they started producing sheep. Some of y'all missed it. See, what we need to understand, that churches doesn't grow from a strong pulpit presence. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We need to understand churches don't grow just because they have elders and deacons. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 14 through uh, 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 38, we need to understand that the church started and there was 3,000 added and there wasn't an elder in place. There wasn't a deacon in place. Sheep give birth to sheep. Shepherds lead and feed. Sheep eat and produce. You want to know when a church is not growing? It's when the sheep are not producing sheep. Christ became their life. I'm going to close with this thought. Watch this. Witnessing wasn't what they were doing anymore. It was something that they had become. CP, their lives changed, were changed by the word of God and the power of the spirit. Brother Johnson, they became witnesses and the effect of it was that their witnessing began to go out and throughout the neighborhood. Watch this. And when their witnessing went throughout the neighborhood, their neighbors became saved. And the church began to be blessed and grow. As I close, let me tell you something. When Christianity becomes who you are and not what you do, you will start saving souls. Let me say that again real quietly, real lovingly, and with all the respect in my heart to God and the word of God. When Christianity becomes who you are, when you become a witness of the goodness and the saving power of God, souls will begin to be saved. When you are a faithful, dedicated, committed sheep. Now one thing you need to understand about the character of a sheep. Most sheep, the character of a sheep is meek, mild, docile, and obedient. For most sheep, all the shepherd has to do is start walking. He doesn't turn back and say, come on, Billy. Come on, Joe. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Sally. He stands among them. Watch this. Don't miss this. And all he has to do is start walking. And one obedient sheep starts 
The other sheep see the example of the other sheep, and they start. And the other sheep see their example, and they start. And they start to follow the shepherd. Watch this. Watch this. The rod that the shepherd has, it, it's, it's not used to beat the sheep. It's used to, used to guide, protect, and correct the sheep. Now, why do they follow the shepherd? It's because he's done his job being the pastor. Watch this. You all have heard Brother Johnson teach this over and over again. The sheep understands that all of their blessings is tied to their pastor. They respect and understand that if they're going to be fed, it's going to come from the shepherd. So, because of their respect to the work of the shepherd and understand that it's beneficial for their growth and their nurture, they've committed and dedicated on following the shepherd. And David says that he has, and proverbially we have, the greatest shepherd that anyone can ever have. For David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters so I can drink and quench my thirst. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He bring me to a good place for a good diet that I might be nurtured, that I might grow and develop. My question to you this morning, are you going to be a goat or are you going to be a sheep? Goats are hard-headed. Goats buck against leadership. Goats want to do their own thing. Goats will eat anything. But the sheep feed where the shepherd leads. Some of y'all going to get that on the way home. But if you're not present to eat, then you're not going to have a healthy diet. See, the, the shepherd don't have to beg the sheep to come eat. Those are goats. What you gonna do? You gonna be a goat or you gonna be a sheep? That's your decision. That's your decision. But if you're gonna be like Paul and realize your call and realize your purpose, then you'll understand that healthy sheep produce healthy sheep. If you're here today and you need to be saved from your sin, Paul said in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, 
have put on Christ. He said again in Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto his death. Like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also shall rise. I'm trying to tell you how to be saved. Shall rise and walk in the newness of life. Confession is unto salvation. But it's baptism that puts us into Christ. Acts 2 and verse 38, Peter answered that crowd on that great day. He says, repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of you. By what authority? In the name of Jesus Christ. For what reason? For the remission of your sins. So don't you let anybody tell you to pray a sinner's prayer. Because that's not in the Bible. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to be saved like they were on the day of Pentecost. And I know that's going to be it. Because the Bible said in Acts 2 and 42 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and in their fellowship. So that means it ain't going to change. And Paul said, this is unto you and unto your children. And unto all of them who are far off. All Paul was saying that it ain't going to change. I don't care what some slick preacher come telling you. It ain't going to change. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to hear the word of God, Mark 12, 29. You're going to have to believe it, Hebrews 11 and 6. You're going to have to repent of your, I'm if you're going to be saved, you have to repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3 and 5. You got to confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And if you're going to be saved, you have to be baptized. Revelations 2 and 10, John says you must remain faithful unto death. You receive a crown of life that shall never fade away. Listen, we got water waiting for your baptism. There's clothes that have been prepared. There's a dressing room, private dressing rooms that are prepared. And Luke 15, 7 and 10 says the angel in heaven, angels in heaven are waiting to rejoice over your repentance. Then 99 just. Who needs no repentance? Will you take on the character of Christ? Will you become a faithful sheep right now? Right now. We're going to stand in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to come down and take this front seat here. and Fill out a request form. If you need prayer. Let the church know you need prayer. We'll pray for you. If you need to be saved, check off baptism. And we'll baptize you today for the remission of your sin. Let me remind all of, uh, of CP, Central Point. If you know you need prayer when you first come here, help us to keep things decently and in order. Get a prayer request form from our uh, greeters in the back and fill it out before time. Now, I know sometimes the message may change your heart. And that's all right. You could just add to it. But if you come and already know you need prayer, let's start doing that. Let's start practicing that. Amen. Fill out a prayer request form before we get to this point so that we can keep things moving and conserve the time for better things. God bless you. May he keep you. If you need to come, we're going to stand right now. Malik, I know you got a song in your heart. Jay, one of you. Will you come?